0: Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Sletsky, and today I have with me the bookkeeping artist herself, Catherine Pomerantz. In this conversation, Catherine and I talk about tech tools for cash flow. You'll find that Catherine and I come at helping our clients in much of the same way, finding the best right tool for the job. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with Catherine and I look forward to hearing your biggest takeaways in the tech of business community, which you can access as always at tech of forward slash community. And with that, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the tech of business show. I'm your host, Jamie Sledsky, and on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today from smart and innovative. To nuts and bolts. There is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Catherine, welcome so much to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. Hi,
1: I am equally delighted to be here.
0: Yay. It's a great way to start when everyone's on a good foot and everything is moving forward in business and in life. So let's just get right to the chase and talk about tech, business, and money because money's kind of your thing and tech's kind of mine. So we're going to blend the two together. So let's start, I guess, with money in tech. When you think of spending money on tech in business, what is the first thing that you think of and that you recommend with your clients for them to invest in technology?
1: Yeah, that is a fantastic question. I actually was just having a conversation this morning. uh, Well, this morning we're recording, I suppose not when it goes live, so (laughs) time context, but I was just having a conversation with another friend of mine who runs a tech company out of the UK and we were just talking about this 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 exact thing—the investment in technology. Because there's always a monetary cost, but there's also a time cost, and so it's really difficult when you find yourself in the situation where you're like, "Okay, I've got this tech tool, and I've invested all this time in learning it, and now it turns out it doesn't do what I want it to do." And so, first and foremost, I guess it's always a question of when it comes to money. I'm always more focused on time because, it, to me, that's where I really like tech because it saves me time. And if it's not saving me time and it's not doing its one task really well, then let's cut it. And that is another place where when I get a new client, that's one of the first things I will actually dig into, especially since we both work like virtually a little bit and we love tech stacks. Yep. This is the very first thing I kind of look at is like, can we pare this down? Is there something we can do in their software that we can save some money here? Because it's a great place to save money. But at the same time, it's also a great place to invest money if it's the right tool. So it's kind of a weird, I guess it's a very roundabout answer and I apologize, but it's almost never about the money. Honestly, it's more about like, is it accomplishing its mission critical task? Is it doing what it really needs to do? And is it actually saving you time? Because if it's doing those things, I don't care what it costs. (laughs) Let's pay for it if it's actually helping. And then that seems like a great investment. (laughs)
0: You know what? That is exactly why I think you and I are like two peas in a pod because I again, like from my perspective, if it costs a lot of money and it does the absolute right thing and it brings helps you bring in more money than it costs, then it's a win. But so often I'm seeing people say, "Oh, I need the premium level of this or I need the premium level of that." And they could get by either with the free version of it or they could get by with fewer pieces that they're trying to make work together. And I think that when you kind of use my my phrase of tech stack, I just loved that because that is where we have to start. We have to start with what's going to work best for you in your business, in your new, unique circumstances. And from my perspective, it's the throughput. And from your perspective, it's making sure that things work and that they are making it so that you can actually make a profit in your yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And it's fascinating to me how intertwined all of these different services are, you know, whether you're um, marketing services or your financial services or your tech implementation services or any number of services that complement the business owner and the business's growth strategy, how complementary we all are for helping those businesses take that next step and how you you can go about starting with one and not with all three or four or five of us but you're going to be much more efficient in your business when you've got multiple teams or individuals of people who have those expertise.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's actually one of the, why I was really excited to do this podcast interview is because a lot of people, when they think about tech, they don't think about accounting and money and how there is a tech stack you can build that makes that more efficient. And because a lot of times in business, People will focus like I I in particular love cash flow. Um, and people in business will think very much about the first step of cash flow, which is actually making the sale. But that doesn't help you with the collections process. That doesn't help it get deposited faster, that doesn't help your expenses get paid faster. And so yeah, it's awesome. And maybe you do just start off with like a great CRM that helps you organize leads and helps you market and helps you make sales. But then that's again, like you just said, a small part of the business. And there's so many other ways that you can build an expertise to like launch into all these other behind-the-scenes thing to help you, the business owner, actually just have more free time and <laughs> keep things running. And um no, I, I can't wait to get into this. This is gonna be great.
0: Yeah. So let's dig in. So you said that the first step of that cash flow process is making the sale. And then obviously you want to have tech to complement it so that you have made the sale and you have documentation of it and you know where it's going to sit within your system. And then you've got many steps that go from there all the way through the completion of the project. So let's talk about the tech that you would recommend to a business owner who is looking at... um, Refining their system so that they're kind of willing to start at ground zero, even though they already have the business. They want to start their cash flow side of yeah. things over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I it's a funny question
1: because I don't believe that there is going to be the one app, right? And I do think that, especially with money. It's going to be a very personal answer. So you first and foremost have to really know what your business is about and what your business mission is to evaluate whether or not this app is going to work for you. And I think that that ultimately is what it comes down to. And that's why I say mission critical with a tech, with with an app, it needs to do one thing, the most important thing, really, really well. So the very first place I always start, and this is kind of how I use this as an example, is with document collection. So... Right, well, actually, let me back up just a little bit in case people don't really know what cash flow is and in case they don't have experience managing cash flow from an accounting site. Let me start there. This is the problem we're trying to solve, right? So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> everybody knows that they need to track revenue and they need to track expenses. That's pretty basic because what's left over is going to be your profit. And profit is very, it's a very important moment in a business's life when it becomes profitable. It means that you're kind of self-sustaining. You're going to be able to keep going but profitable businesses declare bankruptcy all the time because they're not managing their cash because what actually matters is if you have cash on hand to pay your bills. So you could be profitable, but if you haven't kept track of when cash comes in and when cash goes out appropriately, then you're reduced to finding new investors or finding a loan or putting something on credit cards. And you're just sort of like, okay, to keep the business running, I need outside money. And that can devalue who like you break up ownership or you've got all these interest expenses. So that's first and foremost, that's the problem we want to solve when I talk about money apps is like, yeah, we're recording stuff, but we also want to make sure you're managing the money well. And so to do that, you need to make sure that you track cash coming in and make sure that it's always more than cash going out. So you need to know when stuff is due and when money is coming to you. First and foremost, you have to know that you don't just need to know, what the amounts are, you need to know when they are. So that's going to be mission critical is what helps us do that. And so I always start actually with cash out. Let's start with when stuff is due. So we need a way to track receipts and what we've been spending and when bills are coming up. So if people send you a bill and you've got net 30 days, you know, or it's due today or it's due in, you know, it's due in three chunks. You have to have some way to track that information. Um, so the very first thing is actually not tracking when it's due. It's just getting it collected, at least for me as an accountant and as a bookkeeper, you know, as that a service provider, it's just getting the information, just making sure it's all in one place where you can find it. And there's three really, really good tech options on the market right now. My three favorites is HubDoc, Receipt Bank, and Shoebox. And each one of them does that. They collect stuff and they uh, they'll yank the information for you and they'll send it straight to your accounting file, which is amazing. That's data entry. That's automated. Cool. But then yeah. Love oh, it. <laughs> I, you have no idea. I'm so, I love it. I love, love, love it. Uh, it, it's allowed me to cut the time I spend on client stuff like in a third, but that's off topic. Well, sort of related to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not really, but that's not, that's not what's really exciting. That's not then. Okay. They all do that job. Fine. So then which one is the right one for you? And that's where you kind of have to, you know, look at the demos and look at the stacks or yeah, yeah. Look at the demo, which one's going to fit in your stack better. Say, I shouldn't use the tech terms. Those are your terms.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's, that's exactly it. And one of the things that I say pretty regularly on the podcast and with my clients and when I'm, you know, out there doing the marketing kind of thing is look at two. Decide between two. And if you've decided between two and one of the end of the one you pick works fabulous. If you determine three months down the road, 30 days down the road, whatever your benchmark is, that there's something that might work better, then experiment with one new item. You've got something that works. It may not work perfectly, but so when you know, you've know you got the suggestions that Catherine has put in here and I'll put those over in the show notes as well with nice pretty links to make it super easy for you to find them. But take a look, look at two of them maybe and then decide on one of them and go with it for 30 days or 90 days and then make a decision if it's the right fit or if you need to do something else. But don't spend a lot of time evaluating the software. Spend a lot more time making sure that the software is working for you once you've evaluated.
1: Yeah, I actually, I always tell clients when we're going in is I actually think you can do a lot of evaluation ahead of time. Um, So I'm going to dig into this because each of those apps does the one thing really well, right? But they all have different strengths. And so what you kind of have to do just to use those examples, um, for me, mission critical for me as a bookkeeper is I need space speed. I just need the documents to get to me as fast as possible. I also want to take it away from my clients. I want them to never have to worry about it again. I want it to be completely automated. The one that does that best is Hubdoc, So that's the one I go after because they have a fetching solution where they go and they, you, they'll actually keep track of all your logins to all of your e-accounts and all of your banks. And they'll fetch monthly statements for me and they'll fetch bills. So you never even have to like touch it or remember to forward it to me. They also, they'll have an app. So if you get an actual receipt, you take a picture and it sends on and you can forward emailed receipts to HubDoc and it's all still recorded and saved. They do that the best. So that's the one I pick because that's mission critical to me. But it's not the best solution if, for example, you've got a team of people and they all have reimbursable expenses or you know they're, they're driving to and from job sites or they're doing stuff for clients that need to get billed back to the client. HubDoc doesn't have that organization. Receipt Bank does. So that's one example where I tell people, okay, what's the most important thing you have to have automated in the data collection. For me, I just want to get it. I don't mind being the organizer. I can go in and manually fill the tags, but if I do have a client who's they're going to have a lot of reimbursable expenses and job costs, then receipt bank has to be the way we go because that Handles it better. HubDoc is not, that's not HubDoc's strength. And so that's where I would go with Receipt Bank. So that's a great example of let's pick two. And I think that even before you test it, as long as you really understand the cash flow system and what's really holding you up, it's like, okay, what's holding me up is tagging all of these stupid job cost expenses and tracking which employee needs to get reimbursed with this receipt. Then Receipt Bank's obvious. And that's just a really basic example, which is why I start with data collection because there's less options invoicing gets much more complicated right what's the best invoicing <laughs> software what's the best accounting software there's many more considerations but with data collection it's much it's a lot simpler but you can drill down to the one important mission critical thing with every process of the cash flow stack so I, I com- yeah Love I completely it. agree with you it's just like I think you can evaluate it even before you test it honestly like
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. And that is exactly, actually, not not exactly. That is why this podcast exists. This podcast exists so that we can showcase the best way to use tech in your business. And Catherine just showed us that you looked at the top level, what's the most important, and Made the decision between two things. You implement it, you watch the tutorials for that one system, and then you move on and you don't worry about having the most shiniest and most beautiful object. You work on something that's going to be revenue generating because this stuff is not the stuff that is necessarily revenue generating, but it can be profit sucking.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that goes back to investment. (laughs) If it's taking time away from you and it's not solving its one need, then yeah, it's profit sucking. <laughs> and, and again, though, I don't mind which costs more because like Receipt Bank, I th- I don't know. They just changed their pricing. So don't quote me on that. I think Receipt Bank slightly more expensive than HubDoc, but also notice Receipt Bank does a lot more organizing. HubDoc just collects stuff. So I'm I'm willing to pay for it when I need it. I don't care. <laughs>
0: Right, exactly. So now that we have our receipts and we know that we have a whole bunch of things that we're going to have to pay, what's next? What is the next kind of step that we're going to do? Yeah. So if you know when money is going to be due because you've collected
1: it, the next thing is when is money coming? in because you know how much you have to pay and you know when you have to pay it by. So you need to know when cash is coming in so you can schedule when those payments go out because you want to pay when money, when you're flush with money, right? You want to pay when you got lots of money in the bank, that's when you invest in new stuff. That's when you make the big purchases. So you want to make sure that, you know, you can kind of handle the scheduling. And I actually have tools to help you schedule bold payments, but let's start with just the invoicing because invoicing is cash in and it's, This is, this is really where cash flow starts because a client or a customer has zero obligation to pay you until they've been invoiced. So when you're looking at invoicing software, there is tons that I can make some recommendations based on certain situations, but there are a few things you have to have with an invoicing software. If you want to improve your collection rate and speed, first and foremost, you have to have same day invoicing. You as a business owner need to be able to get into that invoice easily write it up, send it out the same day service is provided. The customer is going to remember it better. It's going to be t- top of mind and your collections rate will go up the faster that invoice goes out. Um, this is true because if there's a 30 day gap between services and invoicing, if it's been more than 30 days before you got paid, your chances of getting paid drop, not exponentially, not quite in half, but really, really close to that. The rates are not good. If it's 60 days, then we're really looking at the, yeah, your chances of getting paid are pretty, pretty bad. And your chances of getting paid are also really slow. If you're not on top of your payments, if you're not invoicing right away, then why should the client, it's not their job to monitor your cash flow. It's not their job to stay on top of it. If you sent an invoice late, they can send a late payment. It's fine. Tomato, tomato, right? Like yes. <laughs> and it's, it's on, un, it's unintentional. You know, you'd love for someone to be really considerate, but you know, you treat others the way you want to be treated. So make sure that it's easy for you to get into the invoicing thing. It's simple for you to send it. Look for customizable invoices because invoicing is part of sales. It really is. Until you are actually like money in the bank, you are still in sales mode. You're still in service mode. So that invoice needs to have the ability to not only like customize the amount and payment terms, which is really important, but you need to remember, remind the customer what payment terms they agreed to in the contract. Put that on the invoice, remind them you take sales seriously, put on the invoice who worked on it. If you have a team that worked on it and you know, Sandra did this part and Charlie did this part, like name them, remind them that you're humans and you're helping, they're helping pay for your team and other humans and remind them of the value they get. If you're a marketer, for example, be like, thanks for letting us help you with the Facebook ads. I'm super glad we were able to like increase like ad revenue or yeah, ad revenue by like 2% or like hopefully more than 2%, like two times, you know, whatever the value is that they got from your service, put that on the invoice, remind them, Oh my gosh, great value, love it. So gonna pay. This stuff legitimately helps your collections process and your cash flow. And it sounds so hokey, right? It sounds like, oh, it's just good customer service. I'm like, no, good customer service stuff in the invoice helps you get paid because it's it's like a landing page. If you're helping to remind them the value they're getting, they're gonna be willing to pay for it. So first and foremost, when you're looking for any sort of invoicing thing, it has to have those features. Also, you wanna have customizable payables features because A lot of us have been in this situation where a client comes back, it's a big bill and they're like, Hey, I can't pay this all at once. Can I get a payment plan? Be like, yeah, click a couple buttons, split it automatically, have the software auto send the invoices, auto send reminders and help remind you when the collections are due. If you don't have those features, there are invoicing software that does get a better one. (laughs)
0: I like that. And you know, one of the things that I put on my, um, my proposals, I actually have check boxes of how do you want to pay, pay in full, do you want to pay in two installments, depending on what the project is, it could be two installments, three installments, it could be monthly for whatever it is. And all anytime I do a split pay, I do have a surcharge. Because of course, every time you charge a credit card, not only are you paying the credit card, transaction amount, but you also have you have a fixed amount that gets charged to you as the business owner. And so I kind of lump that in. If they want to pay more than once, then they're going to have to pay those extra charges that I would have to pay because I'm taking multiple credit card transactions. And I've just, put it at about 3% uh, for split pay. So I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on that or if there's any, you know, if that's just like, hey, Jamie, good job. No, I would
1: (laughs) say, hey, Jamie, good job. And that's a great example of you need to customize it to you. Um, There's a lot of different thoughts about how to handle credit card fees. And actually in some states, you legally can't upcharge people for credit card fees if you're in the US. Uh, So that's just something it's like that. That's why customization with an invoice matters. So. Yeah,
0: I just I just call it a split pay fee. I mean, I I just I split pay uh, additional fee. Yeah. You know, because because I'm not getting my money at in one installment, I have to then look at my own cash flow, and because I'm going to have to do things differently than if I was getting that payment in full, then I therefore have to know that maybe I'm going to have to put something on a credit card and have to pay an interest fee. So that just helps with the, with that side of it. So it's, it's really not just passing on that credit card fee. want well, yeah. definitely oh, it's just the convenience for them. There's a charge. That, that makes
1: sense. And I love it. And that's a really good example of, Hey, this is how you do smart invoicing and smart invoicing for you. Um, yeah. And so Invoicing recommendations. There's a bunch of software that does just invoicing and like FreshBooks is my favorite. They do say they're an accounting software because they do have basic like income and expense reporting. I would say FreshBooks. I do love them. If you're a DIYer and you're looking to do it yourself or just keep it really simple, great tool. But they, for me, because I want big, fancy reports and lots of data, I'm really want to dig into cash flow like analysis and... Profit and loss, like FreshBooks doesn't generate those reports, so FreshBooks is a great invoicing software. Things like PayPal can send invoicing, but with PayPal, you're going to look at costs. PayPal only really can collect money and they charge a lot for it. So it's like, okay, that's something important and something to consider with the invoices. Is there a built-in payment system with the invoice? which system do they use? Are they using Stripe? Are they using Square? You know, what's the fee going to be to you, which we already touched on. Um, for example, I, for my personal invoicing, I use QuickBooks because I love my accounting software and they're (laughs) actually pretty slow, which drives me nuts, but I can get zero processing fees with ACH deposits with QuickBooks invoicing. So to not have any processing fees, I will wait the terms. Now, I can probably do that because I'm pretty good at cash flow management, humble brag time. I'm, I'm I'm pretty good at it. This is what I do. (laughs) Um, so I know that it's going to be slower and I can account for that, but that is something that it does sometimes slow down my business. So that's, if that's a thing for you, you just need the money faster. You don't have this long wait time with expenses, then that's not going to work and paying the transaction fees just to get it faster, honestly helps. I know a lot of people don't like credit card processing, But credit card processing does help with your collections rate. You can't have a bounce check. You can't have insufficient funds amounts like on the client's end, you know, so you do get your money faster if you open up to that service. Yes, it costs more, but again, now you're paying your own convenience fee in kind of a way. So that's something about invoicing to consider. There's a million and one apps. If, if people have, if people want to go from this interview and like ask me more about it or ask me to help evaluate, reach out to me and, and we can do it personally. Cause again, there are so many considerations at this point. This is going to be a really personal question. So.
0: I I totally, totally get that and definitely head over to the show notes and Catherine's contact information is all in there. And on your podcasting app, I put all the show notes right there so you can just click on the artwork and you can click over to her stuff right there. So I'm not going to dwell on that. I would much rather continue getting into the content, but I figured that was a really good time to mention it. So. God, we could talk for hours and hours and hours, (laughs) but I want to keep this, I I really want to keep this actionable and relevant to the business owner who is listening right now. So we've talked about tracking your expenses and we've talked about making sure that you're getting your invoices out in a timely manner so that you have a better rate of collection. What else is part of that cash flow process? Yeah. So the final most important part of the
1: cash flow process, well, I guess there's still kind of two things left. One, okay. I would say <laughs> it is the financial reporting that I really like through my more robust accounting softwares. QuickBooks Online or QuickBooks Desktop or Zero are the two best p- players in the game. Honestly, between the two, their aesthetic differences it 's just whose customer service you like better, who has prettier buttons. They do things so similarly, and they both are direct competitors. And I like both, so they probably don 't want me to say that, but since i 'm not here to rep them that 's <laughs> how I feel about them is either we're, either option really works um, that is important in terms of like getting better cash flow analysis and getting better profit analysis, but that again is more like high level business stuff and if you don 't want to get into that then the last part of the automation stack I would look at is bill pay. This is also the most expensive part of the cash flow stack because invoicing is usually the softwares are pretty inexpensive you know invoicing it's like they want it to be the you know they'll take transaction fees for example or as a fee or something um, and getting stuff brought in can be inexpensive bill pay can be more expensive but not always and Think the reason that this is more expensive is think about the timing of it. They have to coordinate with your bank, they have to coordinate with other banks, they have to do wire transfers on your behalf. But here's the really cool part is whoa, well, they're making transfers on your behalf, they're mailing checks on your behalf. So, uh, the most basic way to do it is like bill pay at a bank. You set the bills up in your bank and they write a check on your behalf and mail it out. That's the most basic way to do it. And that's usually free. The part that I like with the automation tools is these. Scheduling of payments which you can do through a bank, but with an app it will allow you to track it overall and see the whole process It's not just going in and looking at a list of scheduled payments They actually will give you a calendar and give you better metrics and give you better reporting and so a lot of co- Companies actually do both. They'll do money coming in and money coming out for this exact reason You need cash flow metrics to understand how to keep your doors open longer even in the even in the months that you have a loss if you can keep a positive cash amount at the end of the day you can keep your door open, you got enough time to figure out the problem and correct. Smart people given enough time always come up with a solution. And every business is seasonal. So the final part of not only knowing how much money is going to go out, it's being able to time perfectly when it goes out so that it coordinates with when cash is coming in. And I love bill pay automation simply because it's usually just a huge pain. It's usually a huge pain to remember to pay that bill on time, to not have to rack up all these late fees, just to get them scheduled and to make sure it's secure is perfect. I also use more robust bill pay systems because if you're outsourcing this task, which you can, you need to make sure you have security controls in place. This is where fraud and embezzlement happens. Now, this is not to suggest that you're not going to be able to vet people thoroughly. You're not going to always have the best people working for you. I'm not going to suggest that. But what if they make a mistake? What if, you know, something comes up and a check goes out when it shouldn't have just because someone wasn't double checking them? Like there's all sorts of reasons that you need to have total control over when money is going out. And so I really like a lot of the bill pay softwares I use because not only can I go in as the bookkeeper Know when the money is due, schedule it. I have to get it authorized. So rather than us needing to be in the room and you actually sign a check, you're still giving your authorization to sign that check. This works great for multi level teams too. If you not only need to look at it as the business owner, you want final say because you do want to make sure that the money is going, is being used wisely, but you need someone to approve it, like a team leader or a department head, you can do, you can set that up where, okay, Bookkeeper enters it, it gets scheduled. Team leader approves it, I sign the check, and it's all just click, click, click. It's literally check boxes, and it all gets sent out. So once the bookkeeper's done, they don't have to follow up again. And once you have all approved it, you don't have to follow it up again. The system takes over from there. So these obviously are, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So these are obviously for, this is a solution for a bigger team, which is why sometimes they're more costly bill.com is probably the best at this and they are the, also the the biggest cost. They partner with QuickBooks though. So they have a version that is cheaper and free to help you do bill pay within QuickBooks online. If you have that service, there's also services like Pluto, uh, P L O O T O. They do the same thing and they don't actually have a monthly fee. They only charge you per transaction. So again you'll have transaction costs but if we're talking time saved and you know all the free like the free stress the free brain space that's the word i want freeing up your stress yeah. because everything is scheduled and you know you've got good cash flow management that can be worth the cost it's not worth the cost for everyone so again that's just a question of when do you need this do you need this now and that's also why i use these plug and play solutions there are solutions that try to be all inclusive and all in one. And for me, I kind of like to add things to the system as we need them and take them out as we don't. So that might just be a personal thing is that I am okay with using multiple apps. If it's really good at the one thing, I actually, it kind of relates to how we were talking about business management. You get these teams that are really good at one thing. That's how I treat my apps be really good at one thing for me. And I'll, I'll need you if you're, if you're clunky and all inclusive, personally, not a fan. Not a bad solution, though, if that's easier for you in your brain. So,
0: yeah, no, I think that that is absolutely like a perfect, you know, encapsulation of what you do in your specific instance of the cash flow and the whole idea of the tech stack and building the best right software to implement right now. And that's something that you know I talk about all the time is that you can b- find these all in one. It's just I mean, it's like WordPress. WordPress is like you're all in one. It's your, it's your drop everything in and it's going to work. But then, if you're going to run courses or you're going to run a membership site, Thinkific might just be a much better solution because it's designed for that. And so that's kind of why, you know, for my business, why I've migrated away from just building WordPress websites because that's a big, huge vacuum. It's a big, huge expansive space. And there are so many ways of working in there, whereas it's a lot easier to find success with whatever system you're using, if you're using the best right system for that process. So that is, that's kind of really, I love that you and I come at this, you know, from the same exact angle. I mean, I swear, it's so crazy because we only met a little while ago. I'm like, I feel like, Catherine and I are just like two peas in a pod and I love it. I absolutely love it. So Catherine, why don't you share where people can connect with you? And then we're going to wrap up with one final. Question. Absolutely. You can always find me on Facebook, just the bookkeeping artist. That's my page name. And I'm
1: really active there. Um, see my website, bookkeepingartist.com. Send me a message through there, reach out with any questions. I'd be happy to help.
0: I love it. Thank you very much for that. And as I said, we're going to wrap up with one final question. And I like to make this a little bit of a curveball question, something that's completely kind of out of the blue. And I'm just coming at it off the top of my head right now with everything that we've talked about. And what I would say is if someone showed up on your doorstep, with a half filled Excel spreadsheet with their somewhat okay documentation of what they've spent and what they are making and their bank account. What would be the very first piece of software that you would use to deconstruct that mess and create an actionable plan to move forward?
1: That would be QuickBooks online, hands down they have basic invoicing, basic collections, basic bill pay so they can help with the cash flow system. But like you said the action plan, I'm going to need to organize it and be able to generate reports. And QuickBooks doesn't do anything you can't do in Excel, but QuickBooks just does it faster. So that's why that cost is justified to me and I would move them from a spreadsheet into QuickBooks online because it would be virtual. We both could work on it at the same time. I could show them the reporting and we could make the plan of action from there because once I can read what the money's doing, we will know what we need to do.
0: Nice. I, you know, and I think I kind of knew that that was going to be your answer, but I felt that that was a really good way of wrapping up because we started by talking about tracking your expenses and your bills and things like that. And I kind of wanted to say, okay, if you've got all of this stuff, that may not be necessarily the best place to start to 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 putting systems in place, it may make more sense to take what you've got and organize it first. And then after you've got your QuickBooks organized, then you add on your uh, expense tracking mechanisms and then you pull your bill paying out and do that as a separate entity. So thank you because that was... What I was hoping you would say, because that's kind of where my brain went and I like to be on the same page as my guests when it comes to this stuff, Catherine, thank you again so, so much for coming on the tech of business podcast today. Oh,
1: thank you. And thank you for asking such a great question to distill it all down. This was fantastic.
0: Now, I'm sure you can see why I was so excited to bring Catherine on. She is such a gem and has so much information to share. The cash flow process seemed daunting to me because… I like to work in the tech. I don't want to deal with the dollars and cents of business. And I'm sure that this is not a foreign concept to a lot of you. Catherine mentioned a whole bunch of websites and tools to use. Those are all listed in the show notes, which you can access by simply clicking the artwork in your podcasting app and the show notes are right there. Or by heading over to techofbusiness.com forward slash 036 for today's episode. Again, thank you so much for listening and do yourself a favor share this episode with another business owner that you know who may or may not be struggling with the cash flow process in their accounting they are going to thank you and I thank you so so much for sharing the tech of business with your community I'll see you next week